This is the Doc Talk Podcast presented by Betfred Sports 2022, episode 31. Dr. Rob, where, where, where have you been? I've been I've been in stealth mode again. You know, it, it, from you. it's really weird for me because you and I had produced such a large amount of content really since like the first part of August, right? I mean, we we were just we were producing videos, a podcast, just going left and right, and then you go out of town and we haven't done anything for like a week and a half, and I'm like, I went through like Doctor Rob withdrawal. We have a week. It's been a week, one week. No, it seems longer than that. No, it was last Thursday. Was that the last time we did anything? Yeah, we did behind the behind the point spread. Oh, that's right. And, and you know, to, we're recording this on Thursday. So here's what's going to happen. Um, this is not the Illinois preview. This will be kind of a recap of what Dr. Rob's been doing. Uh, we'll talk about the Purdue game. They're in the bye week right now. Uh, we'll bring up the report card again. Uh, just talk about a hodgepodge of stuff uh, just to let everybody know. We are not doing behind the point spread this week because um, Scott Spreitzer let me know that he's like, hey – like my real gig, he does have a day job. He does have a day job, and it's important that he uh, he participates in that in that day job. And he's like, "Yeah, I won't be able to make it to like nine o'clock your time." And I'm like, "Yeah, that that's way too late." So we postponed behind the point spread, and since we don't pay Scott anything, it just seemed like uh, it was the the right thing to do. Well, we don't pay you, so I can't really bitch about it. Well, it's not like we're gonna hold. Yeah, we. Like call somebody to go to his house, like, like go break you know, his legs. He's in yeah, Las like Vegas. The, yeah, like the Vegas mafia. Send some guys there with lead pipes. I'm, I'm not sure we're going to do that to him. All right, if you're watching on YouTube, um, we are wearing the bum t-shirts. All right, the bum t-shirts have been made. Uh, I got to be honest with you, I'm a little disappointed. People aren't buying them. They, they, it's not. A, it's not a big seller. Owen goes. I told you so. I told you it wasn't going to be a big seller. So it's going to be a limited it was, edition. It was kind of a niche one, but... Yeah, it, it's kind I of... Lo- I like it. I like it, too. And they're so damn comfortable. God, they're comfy shirts. Yeah, they really are. So uh, they're going to be a limited time. You can uh, check out the link that's in the Podbean description, or you can check out the link that is in the YouTube uh, page uh, description and uh, get a Bum t-shirt, or you get a Sorry Dave t-shirt, or a Win, and, win or Lose We Drink Booze t-shirt. Or life's, uh, uh, it's called life. Grab a helmet T-shirt. Diversified portfolio. Diver- you know di- the diversified portfolio one's catching on. A, a lot yeah, of people. That's a cool shirt. I-, I think so too. Just the design because it doesn't have to relate to anything. It's just kind of if you if you're kind of a beard person, it it, it speaks to you. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree, and it's got a lot of different uh, beer mugs on there, all sorts of good stuff. So uh, check out the description. Of course, the Doc Talk podcast is presented by Betfred Sports, and while we're drinking our beer out of Betfred Sports koozies, uh, we're drinking uh, some beer from Atlanta. I, I don't even know. I forget who sent this to us, uh, but man, it's uh, I'm drinking a, a bourbon aged uh, Scot- Scottish ale or Scotch ale. So it's Monday night brewing. Mm. Which I mean, we featured it on here before. <sighs> Ooh, that packs a punch! Yeah, oh we, my god, we've gotten a lot. We've gotten a lot of beer from, from. Oh, I'm feeling horrible now. Was it Jeff? I forget. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jeff. If that, it's I, I just forget. We've we've got we've done a lot, but I mean yes. the Atlanta beers have been good. And just to let everybody know our beer st- our beer stash is getting low. Not that we're begging for beer, but we really did enjoy the beer from all across the country. Dude, we, we got some good <laughs> beer from a lot of people. So. We did. So you know, if you want to send us beer, doctalksports at gmail dot com. Doctalksports at gmail. We're not begging. We, and we'll we'll go buy our own beer. We're just saying we we like the 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 diversified portfolio that we've been enjoying. 
So I've got a I've got a bourbon aged Scotch ale. That's what I got. Oh, that's what you got. That's too. what I got too. Okay, yeah, because I'm I'm oh, too scared to touch that Imperial Stout. Yeah, this thing, holy cow, this packs a punch. Yeah, I noticed some like your koozies here on the table. Yeah, it's Templeton Rye koozies. Yes, it's like I took a sip of this beer and I'm just like. <laughs> I don't. I don't need the Templeton. This stuff's going to be strong enough. Of course, the uh, Doc Talk podcast is presented by Betfred Sports. You can uh, uh, download the Betfred Sports app today in the Apple, Google Play stores. When you set up a brand new account, you uh, can get a twenty dollars free bet by using the promo code uh, Doc Talk. Again, the promo code Doc Talk when you download the Betfred Sports app on the Apple or Google Play stores. Uh, I'm telling you, they can. They have everything you want. Uh, college football is there. The NFL and NBA in full swing right now. The NHL is going. And, of course, you have the Major League Baseball playoffs. They've got a variety of uh, betting types, including straight bets, in-play wagering, parlay cards, teasers, and more. You Who, can bet on British elections. You can you can bet. Fred. Well, because Betfred's a, it's a U.K. company. It is. And I, didn't, I didn't know betting on elections was a thing. Yeah, you know, I I think you could pretty much bet on anything. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, so I, you can bet on like Korean baseball with with Betfred Sports. Yeah, but that's a sport. It is, but you it's know, Korean baseball. Who the hell thinks about betting on Korean baseball? Yeah, but during COVID, that was like all we had. Remember, you know, Kyle Peterson was doing like Korean yeah. baseball in his basement at like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I I actually watched him on occasion. He'd go to the gym and there'd be no other sports on. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So download the Betfred Sports app today and start your betting journey. You, uh, you The reason we didn't pod, and we, it, it's interesting. We let people know last week that uh, the podcast was going to be delayed. We were going to try to record on, on Tuesday. You got back pretty late. We we're going to do Wednesday. I had to emcee an event last night. So we, we've settled on Thursday, which is, which is pretty late for us. Uh, but you were out of town. It is a bye week. It is a I mean, bye week. But usually coming off the you know a game, we try to go right yeah, away. Yeah, we do. We but do. you were actually at a game. Uh, you were at the Clemson-Florida State game. Oh, it was a great game. You had but great we, seats too, yeah, man. Yeah, we really did. We were, I mean, we were probably about 20-yard line. I don't know. I mean, we were probably about 20 rows up. I mean, it was awesome seats. Um, it, there's a number of places that are really cool to go watch a game. And... You know, there's some places in the SEC that I think you really ought to hit. There's places in the Big Ten that are great. I mean, you ought to go see a whiteout at Penn State. I never have, but you ought to go to the big house and see a game. I think seeing a game in Lincoln is definitely on that list. Um, there's some places in the ACC that I think are just outstanding in terms of the experience of a game. I think at Clemson is big. I have played in Death Valley at Clemson. Uh, we played a preseason game there against the Carolina Panthers. Really? Uh, that was Carolina's inaugural season. That was when I was with the Giants. Um, wow, you're old. A little bit. So, yeah, their stadium was almost completed. Okay. And so they, they – but it wasn't open yet. So they were actually – they played all of their preseason games that year down in South Carolina. So I've played there. Saw Howard's Rock, the whole thing. It's a cool place. So, I mean, if you get a chance to go to see a game at Clemson, highly recommend it. Um, Florida State's amazing. You, I, it's, it, it's a cool place to go watch a game. Before you get into Florida State, I was going to add, Virginia Tech's not a bad place to watch a game either. That's the other one. I, the one thing with Virginia Tech is that one of the things a few people have told me is that it's awesome. They said once you get past the whole inner Sandman intro, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's okay. 
Yeah, but it also depends on how good the team is, right? And that's well, and I think that's kind of true for anybody yeah. for the most part. But I mean, it's not like you're going to go to Iowa City to go to an Iowa game because it's you're going to go there. You're going to do the wave, which is cool. No, it's super cool. But that's a that's about it. Well, they have really good tailgating too. Yeah, they like they to really drink in do. Iowa City. You know, the Iowa teams, Iowa, Iowa State. I don't know. I haven't been to Iowa State forever. Well, but the Iowa but, State's set up pretty good because they've got the whole parking lot that goes back to Hilton. So you've got this just wide open space, which is flat. See, and that's perfect it, for Taylor. It is. It really is. So, so take me through what, you know, just the, the, the whole game, the whole experience. You saw the the, the, the chief throw the the, yeah, the, the the spear into the 50-yard line. Yeah, so you got Renegades the whores. Okay. You've got the... You they didn't the take team. a shit on the, uh, on the field like the, the pony down at SMU. Did you see that? I did. The no, little they, Shetland pony, they took it out, and he just shit all the way across the field. Had to do like a half-hour delay well, for people to pick it up. It, it's Texas. Come on. <laughs> the got, fucking horse shit all over the place. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. They got they got their shit together in Tallahassee. I'll say that. So No, it's so it was kind of cool because I've been there for a game before. So my older daughter, my oldest daughter, and I went down – and we went to the Wake Forest game, which was a homecoming game. And that was cool because th- there's a pretty strong tie-in with the Seminole Tribe. And they do a lot of stuff at homecoming with the Seminole Tribe, pre-game, halftime, etc. cetera. Uh, that was cool to see. Um, it was a daytime game. The thing that was cool about this, it was a night game. So you did have everybody tailgating all day. Uh, they sell beer in the stadium. And so you've got some choices, which I thought this was a little interesting because one of my favorite beers is Oyster City Brewing Company, which is out of Apalachicola, Florida. And they've it's one of these small hole-in-the-wall places that just kind of has grown over probably the last six or eight years. Um, but they are now the official beer craft. They're, they're, they're the official... F- craft beer of Seminole Nation. Oh, really? And so it's this little hole-in-the-wall place. So picture like uh, picture like in Lincoln, if you look at your Lincoln breweries, picture like Nebraska deciding to do, okay, we're going to do beer through all athletic events. I know they're starting it at Pinnacle Bank, but let's say they're going to do it everywhere, football, basketball, etc. We'll do... We'll do your standard Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, and then we're going to do a craft beer. And the official craft beer is going to be Zipline or Cosmic Eye if you're going Lincoln. I mean, if they're really smart, they'd go with somebody like Cross Strain. But imagine if they did Cross Strain as the official beer of Husker, uh, official craft beer of Husker Athletics. So it's that kind of thing. So you go into the stadium and you can get, they've got this, you got this whole selection of, of kind of the main Oyster City lineup. And it's, it's kind of, it's pretty damn cool in that regard. Great crowd. Um, but our, we got together with our older daughter and a couple of her friends and we went and hit a bunch of fraternity tailgate parties all afternoon. So you were like you were like Vince Vaughn in uh, in, in old school, man. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Snoop! Snoopaloo! <laughs> well, and the funny thing is is like you go to these you go to these tailgate parties and, and there is there's like parents there hanging out drinking beer with their kids and it was kind of cool. So it, we did that 
headed down to the stadium. Um, it's just, you know, Florida State's one of those places. You think about some of the – give me – I mean, even I have to sit here and think for a bit about, okay, well, what are all the traditions we do at Husker football games? And I'm like – There aren't any. Well, we kind of got the tunnel walk. Um, the marching band's done – essentially the same pregame thing since the beginning of time since the beginning. the balloons were a tradition but they don't they, they don't have that anymore Although i gotta be honest i'm not even sure i cared about that one. I, I well it's funny but, that it's funny that you bring this up and i don't mean this to be disrespectful i don't but we've often got into the conversation of nebraska's tradition best tradition was winning yeah and they don't do that anymore fill the stadium up Yes. Try to be nice to the opponent, opposing fans. Win. Yes. That was re- you're right. That was really it. Yeah. I, I mean, otherwise, it's, it's not. It goes downhill kind of. I mean, it, it's like, even like I said, the balloons, even I was just like, yeah, I mean, I don't have a big argument against them. I mean, I under, for or against. It, it wasn't that. That wasn't a big deal to me. And, and, and I, I want to be perfectly clear. Winning as a tradition is not a bad thing. You're right. The, the consecutive, oh, no, it the, was great. Yeah, the consecutive sellouts, the the, the winning, um, that that was well, the tradition. They had, a, they had a run. I mean, if you want to look at it, I mean, you look at it from from sixty. Devaney's first season was sixty two. Yeah. So from sixty two until, well, it was Callahan's first year. What was that? Oh three. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uh, no oh four. Okay. Fulich's last year was 03. That was the brought in Polini and Barney okay. Todd and that crew. Uh, so 04 was, would, I mean, so 62 through 03 did not have a losing season. I mean, the fewest wins they had in that time period actually was, I think, 67, 68, where Devaney went 6 and 4 for back to back years. And, and people called for his, him to be fired. Um, but those were the two worst years were 67 and 68 in that span from 62 to 03. The two worst years were 67 and 68. Why you're bringing up traditions or why we're on the tradition. We brought this up, I think on behind the point spread last week, and it's been already determined that the black shirts are not going to be given out the rest of the season. A lot of people would say, "Well, that's a tradition." And yeah, Tim, I mean, you, again, you've but got it, is that. it? But it's kind of lost its luster, right? It's because, a tradition. That's yeah. t- I mean, the pipeline well, isn't you, a tradition anymore. You and I talked. Oh God, yeah, don't call those guys a pipeline. Um, you and I talked about this a little bit in the sense of the black shirts have meaning if you're playing well enough to deserve them. I mean, it's it's one of these things to talk about. Hey, one of our traditions is we call our defense the black shirts, but God, Purdue ran, what was it, 101 plays? Yeah. Yeah, that's not black shirts. And really, when was the last time it was? I mean, I think people get caught up in the nostalgia of it. This is a history thing, right? I mean, to me. Well, I mean, last year they were, that was a pretty solid defense. That was pretty yeah. salty defense last year. They really didn't get nuked by anybody. Now, again, that I, I totally get it. I'm tangenting here with a little bit of a one-off. But, um, I mean, the last time they were fairly solid was, I mean, I'd probably say sometime under Polini. 
Yeah, and that's why I'm like, okay, are the black shirts really a tradition? The pipeline is no longer a tradition. Um, there's oh, no. Re- I mean, even the, the the whole pipeline thing. I mean, the, that was kind of just you guys, anyway. That was kind of like something we did in '94, and we hoped it would catch on. Um, I think they tried to catch it on, but it didn't. I mean, it didn't stick. I mean, through the '90s, I have no problem calling any of those teams in the '90s. The any of those offensive yeah. lines, the pipeline. I mean, I'm perfectly cool with that. So, um, I mean, there's no real tailgating traditions. Lot yeah. Lot 12 is what? I mean, that's no, about it. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska's never been a tailgating. School. No, now it's gotten way better over the last 20 years. But it's not like you think about, hey, we're going to Nebraska and we're going to tailgate. It was always a – you've got a downtown university. you got a stadium that's landlocked by downtown Lincoln. And so from a tailgating standpoint, it's, it used to be you'd go to the bars. Yeah. Well, you remember this. Bill Byrne wanted to have tradition so bad. Do you remember when he? And well, I you, think anybody wants to. Yeah, and, and it's hard. Pull it off. It's hard to pull it off because most traditions start organically. Um, you remember you you were gone by this time, but you may or may not remember when Bill Byrne um, he hired Chip Davis to write an alma mater, and he came no, up. I don't with, remember that. Oh all. yeah, and I remember Mannheim Steamroller came out like the first game of the year, and they played this alma mater, which they tried to get everybody to sing. I don't remember this. It was at a all. fucking disaster because I thought Nebraska technically already had. Yeah, but but he wanted one that was just. You know, that everybody could sing, right? The girls are the fairest and boys are the squarest. That's, that, that one wasn't cut. <laughs> Come on. I, if people remember Dear this, Nebraska, if people remember this, write in on the comments because I remember it. And they put. Uh, uh, I don't remember this you, you, at all. You were I mean, gone. I had to have been in New York. Yeah, you time. were gone. And I remember they put Chip Davis in like the north end zone. They, like they, I'm embarrassed in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. And they tried to force it upon people, and it never caught on, right? Hail Varsity, good tune. People like Hail Varsity. Yeah, it, it uh, works. Uh, yeah. Although, I technically, my understanding, that's the there's a fight song, and that's Hail Varsity. There's an alma mater. That's Dear old Nebraska, you. See, I, it, is that the title? Well, uh, I, I, I don't. No, there is no place like Nebraska, right? Okay, yeah, which is the dear old Nebraska. Yeah. But yeah, there well, is no place like Nebraska. That's the official school song, is my understanding. Well, you know, when Owen was at KU, they had an alma mater. So you go to Fog Allen Fieldhouse, or you, and they, you would hear the. It had this. Real, it was a slower song, but it was an alma mater. Nebraska really never had an alma mater, and Bill it's Byrne tried to force this. Where, it's one of those things where, like. You see a lot of teams, well, like, I mean, you see like, I mean, Texas always does the eyes of Texas. Yes. Um, but I mean, a lot of school, I mean, I think that's probably one of the more well-known ones. But I, you see a lot of schools. Who, A&M has the Aggie Warham, which is yeah. the coolest, by yeah, the way. Yeah, so you see all of these schools that have that where game's over you go to the fans or you go up to the student section. The, the, I'm talking about the players and the players sing the fight song or the players sing the alma mater. Um, they So it's interesting because like, so my son played football in Omaha West yeah. high school from seventh grade football on, they would go sing that to the parents in the stands 
win or lose. That becomes tradition. Yeah. And so is it carried on today? Yeah. So if you go to an Omaha West Side football game, they get it doesn't happen often, but they win, players go to the sideline, sing sing the school fight song. They lose. They go to the sideline, go to the student section or up to the parents, sing the school fight song. During COVID, we played at Grand Island. Aren't they the ones who like banned you? Yeah. So they, they I'm not sure I'm still welcomed by <laughs> Grand Island Public Schools. <laughs> anyway, they, uh, but yeah, so they, they banned all fans from coming to Grand Island. We still went. The Grand Island Parent Booster Club set us up at this beautiful park. We brought TVs, got a wireless hookup, and we were able to stream the game from this park. They provided us food and beer. It was like, it was honestly, it was great. Anyway, yeah, so the Grand Island Booster Club hooked us up, but Grand Island Public Schools, no. But anyway, so the stadium on the visitor side, they got this incredible stadium. They could have totally isolated us over there. But so you had this completely empty side of stands, except for the two video guys. And so the two video guys who were doing the huddle video for the football game come out of the press box, come down, and the team goes over and sings the school fight song to the at, at the end of this game to two guys in the stands. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And, and for the record, you don't need traditions. Okay, I, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying that Nebraska is bad because it doesn't have any traditions. And, but and you're be, right. It has to come organic. It does. The the wave was if an you, organic thing. Yeah, and, if you and try to generate these. That that's why all of the like. So the rivalry trophies in the Big Ten. Yeah. Like that's why the heroes trophy sucks because it wasn't, it was forced totally sucks ass like little Brown jug, Floyd, Rosedale, all of that. Paul Bunyan's axe. Yeah. The, the Paul Bunyan thing, but that's Michigan and Michigan state is the statue of Paul Bunyan. Uh, well, I don't know about the state Minnesota and, and Wisconsin is Paul Bunyan's axe. Yeah. So Michigan and Michigan state, it's this weird ass looking statue of Paul Bunyan. Like they all got, they all got something. They all got their thing. Um, anyway, yeah, that that's why the Heroes Trophy doesn't and never will work. And that's actually why the whole was it like the bits of broken chair trophy? Yeah, is actually kind of a little bit cool because it, I, I would agree. A with bunch you. of fans latched onto it, like, okay, this is this is completely stupid, and we love it. We're going to try and keep this going. Yeah, and so, but you know, it just seems in the South, and I, it may be just because they're amplified because of television stuff. It just seems like when you go to Florida State, when you go to an LSU, when you go to a oh, Texas A&M, the, awesome. the traditions are off the yeah. are off the and, chart. And Baton Rouge is another one of yeah. those places. If you want to go watch a football game, I've never talked to anybody who's gone there and hasn't said it's awesome. A and M, it's awesome. Florida State. God, it's cool. And I mean, and it's funny because there's the whole like the little seminal war chant. The, da, 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 da. Did you do it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, big time. Now, the funny thing is, is that everybody thinks of that. They think you go to a Florida State game and you're th- you think you're going to hear that like 90% of the time you are in the stadium 
and it is one of the least used really like things going on in the stadium like the big one they always do that happens non-stop the whole game is they do f l o r i d a s t a t e florida state florida state florida state woo anyway they do that 90% of the time you're in the stadium like you walk out of the stadium go home, wake up the next morning, you'll be pouring yourself a cup of coffee, and in your head you're still sitting there going, F-L-O-R-I-D-A-S-T-A-T-E, Florida State, Florida. Wait, what am I doing? <laughs> it's, like, it's, like that, it, it's like you hear that. That's what you hear nonstop. Yeah. So there's, it's one of these things, everybody thinks it's the war chant, but it's actually the... The spelling out Florida State well, chant is the one that happens nonstop. And but see, day. those are great traditions. As much as I like the wave and love the wave in Iowa City, but, you don't go home going, "Boy, we waved at a bunch of kids in the hospital yesterday." You don't. You, no, but you do. Th- that is a cool tradition. It is, and it's and cool it's, because everybody, even and, the opposing team, that, participates and in it. That one kind of started organic. Yes. I mean, some people. I don't know how it exactly started, but it seemed like it kind of started small. Then it got a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger, and now it's one. Now it's a thing. Yes, and I and I like that because I don't. I'm I'm not sure people intended that to become as big of a, a thing as as it's become, but it's kind of cool, and I appreciate that fact. But it, but let's use Iowa State as an example, okay? Um, you, you don't get to say the juicy wiggle in Sweet Caroline is a tradition when okay. when. It, I will maybe give Sweet Caroline to. I'll give it to the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, a small handful, but I would probably say ninety percent of your Sweet Caroline singing sporting events don't get to claim it as their own. Well, unless you use jump around at Wisconsin, which is super cool, it's awesome. But it, it, to me, if you're using somebody else's music to jump around, to me, traditions are something that. I don't know. They just started. Well, and I'm okay with using some, like, I mean, I'm okay with Wisconsin using House of Pain and Jump Around. But is it a tradition? Well, it kind of is now. Yeah. I mean, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, right? Okay, now, and again, that's, I mean, that's their thing. Yes. Uh, You know, I mean, if you want to be honest about it, think about Nebraska and... Uh, doing serious. Yeah. I mean, that was the For, Bulls. Yeah, that was the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Is where we got that. I never thought we would go off on traditions, but to me, and, and again, it it's not bad but if you don't have traditions. Well, and it, no, it's not. Well, it's not bad if you're winning. If winning's your tradition, you're winning a shit ton. If you're not winning, it sucks ass. Maybe, maybe because that's why everybody's depressed. Have, you don't have any of these other traditions. Yeah. Will, because you, there's a lot of places you can go. I mean, I'm trying to think of a school that has some really good traditions. A&M. So, okay, let's take A&M for, ex- for example. Let's say A&M has a 10-year run where their best year is is 7 and 5. That's their best year. Pe- People will still show up, pack the stadium and do those traditions every Saturday. Because because they go to Friday night yell practice. Yep. And they the the marching band is cool because it's it's there is no liberal arts 
music major at Texas A&M. You're part of the core. You choose to be in the band, and they don't do all these fancy bullshit things. They just do military marches up and down, and people go, oh, I like that. Yeah, and then you works. got the 12th man, and you got the Aggie Warham. So you're like, okay, I can I can do all this. It works. My daughter works at Ole Miss. They don't have very many football traditions. You know what they do do well? They tailgate in the Grove. If you go to the Grove like every Saturday, it, people won't even go to the game. Well, that's the thing is like Ole Miss could suck horribly at football, <laughs> and they have for huge swaths of time. True. It's either there's a Manning there <laughs> or a Kiffin. <laughs> Outside of that, they've kind of sucked. <laughs> they haven't been that good. Hugh Freeze wasn't bad there. He was okay. Until he started calling prostitutes. Don't call prostitutes, folks. It's uh, You'll get yeah, busted, on your, especially on your work phone. Yeah, don't do that. Um, no, but I mean, for the most part, it's not. Out, let me ask you this. Outside of Lane Kiffin, one of the Mannings, and maybe a little bit of time with Hugh Freeze, have you? Do you think of Ole Miss as, outside of what I mentioned, no. do you think of Ole Miss as football powerhouse? No, not at all. Not at all. No. Have they ever not packed the Grove for tailgate? The Grove? Uh, no, it's always packed. They don't oh. go to the stadium, but those they put on oh. their bow ties and they put on their Southern gentleman outfits and they and they drink and eat. And that's great. And it's that's a tradition. Yeah, that's Oxford. Win or lose, that's going to still yeah. happen because it is a tradition. When you look at, and that's one of the things I've always felt kind of sad about, I guess, with Nebraska, is that they don't have those traditions. You just don't. It, it's either it's like winning is our number one tradition when we've got it, and we had it for a good number of years. I mean, it was glorious. I mean, from I mean, you think about it. I mean, there was a fifty-year run of just kicking ass, and, that and taking was, names, and that was great. And we don't have that currently. And and all of a sudden, you realize, God, there's not much else. I mean, they've done the things. What is it? The Killians, where they, it's it's like the little Irish stomp song. I don't know if you've been to a game to see that. I mean, I've been to I haven't been to a game in Lincoln since, whew, 2011, 2012. Damn, I know. Yeah, so it's trust I mean, me. I've seen my fair got, share of games in Lincoln. A, they, it's not like I need to go back. Yeah, they got a couple of little things they're trying to do. Is sort of like, hey, here's going to be some pseudo I, I, traditions going forward, but we don't have that. And I mean, it, it, it's one of those other things too. This ties also ties in. It's not like Nebraska's got a great rival. I want the Iowa game to be a rivalry, but God, at some point, you got to beat Iowa. We got to beat them. And it's got to mean something to both schools. And that was the thing with Oklahoma that was a little bit of a shock to me because I always thought, I knew Oklahoma and Texas hated each other. I always considered the Nebraska-Oklahoma game a really good rivalry game. And then I, then I went to the NFL and I played with some dudes from Oklahoma and you'd sit and talk with these guys and they were always like, well... We liked you guys. We liked the Nebraska game, but it was always like, it was always like, depending on the season, Texas and Okie State, I mean, so the Red River rivalry and Bedlam, when it has its own name, and, and, like, you, you got to go looking to find out where that name came from. 
Like, it's not just like, well, the sports information director in 2013 came up with you, it. You got to do research. Yeah, when you got to research where be- where the name Bedlam came from. Now, I, I, I know what Bedlam is, and I understand historically that. I'm talking about in reference to the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game. When did that first start getting called Bedlam? When you got to go research that, that's an organic rivalry. But they always said... Red River and Bedlam were rivalries, 1A and 1B, depending on how good they were on a given year. Nebraska was always number two. I remember back in 1994, I went to to a game, I watched Alabama play Southern Miss. And that's when Alabama still played a game or two a year in in Birmingham at Legion. So Field. they would do okay. So they would do the Birmingham and yeah, so, Tuscaloosa. So flag. you know, I was all new to this because my my good and per- this was this was something that even to this day, I still have like okay, well, what's the, what was the Birmingham thing? What was the Tuscaloosa thing? Well, because I think it was just one of those things. I think it went back to the Bear Bryant days. I could be wrong, but you know, Birmingham is bigger. And to, to to play at Legion Field, Legion Field was pretty popular at the time, but I never, I, I didn't understand, I didn't understand the the whole Southern SEC culture, right? And I was asking, I'll never forget this, some Southern guy, and I was just asking about the 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 Auburn Alabama rivalry. I go, how really, how big is it? He goes, oh, you want to know how big it is? This is how big it is. If Jesus Christ Himself in the middle of the game, came down to the 50-yard line during the Auburn-Alabama game, they'd say, get the fuck off the field and we'll talk to you after it's over. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee you, that's coming from a Southern Baptist. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what it was. You're like, oh, that's that's pretty damn important. You'd tell Jesus to get off the field. Yeah, so those, those guys don't like each other. No, much. they don't like themselves at all. Hey, you, you know what's funny is we, we get a lot of questions, and people have been asking us, hey, what happened to Ticket Express? Well, you know, we, we haven't talked about Ticket Express. Well, there's been some changes and everything going on. Ticket Express uh, is is Ticket Express is still around. It just has a different name, and it's called uh, Tickets for Less. That's right. Ticket Express is now Ticket it's for less, and you can still go to ticketsforless.com to get the best deals on Nebraska football tickets, Nebraska uh, basketball tickets, uh, concert tickets, Creighton basketball tickets. Uh, not only does Ticket for Less have unrivaled customer care team to ensure that you have the best ticket buying experience, they has also uh, never charge you per ticket service fees. Again, I always hate it. I went to a concert down at the Slowdown the other day. It was a good concert. It was Mike Campbell, the, yeah. the, Mike Campbell, who's the uh, guitarist for for Tom Petty. But I just hate it because it was like a $40 ticket and a $10 service charge. It's like, come on, man. Really? A sur- I get it. If you want to set a buck 50 or something like that, 10 bucks for a service charge, well, you're not going to get that uh, that service charge at Tickets for Less because, well, they care about you. They want to save you money at checkout. Plus, when you use the promo code DOCTALK, Dr. Rob, at ticketsforless.com, you can save even more on your order. So go to ticketsforless.com, use the promo code DOCTALK when you check out, and you're going to save even more on your ticket purchase. So shop for your seats and save today at ticketforless.com. Nice. I wish I'd known this for the for the Florida State Clemson game. See, well, yeah. The deal kind of happened when you were gone. 
Well, that's okay. <laughs> no, no, I stopped I mean, by. I saw Chad no. today. He looks good. He sounds good. I know the last year, COVID, COVID wrecked a lot of people, man. COVID kicked the shit out of a it lot. It did. Well, a lot of stuff. We talked about this a lot with Chad and the ticket broker yeah. business that... That was one business that really got hit hard. And I, the one thing I really appreciated about Chad was there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of tickets sold that like that value never got honored. And I remember t- Chad always, I mean, always kind of backed that. So yeah. And I appreciate the fact he's involved with this still. So. Did you reach out to our good buddy Connor Orr at Hor- uh, Orr Horgan? Ooh, and I got to give him a call. Yeah, because he's got this big symposium coming up with like NIL stuff, and he's been trying to get a hold of it. I remember I sent you a text. I know, but I've been out of town. I've been drinking beer <laughs> in Florida. And eating oysters? Either. Oh, my God. We ate so many oysters. So I, I love raw oysters. So do you. I do. Lo- love it. And, and, and Jeanette was down in New Orleans for my daughter's 21st birthday. She went with the charred oysters. Uh, at Superior Seafood, and they were sending me photos all the time. I, I kind of like the raw better than the charred. I don't know if I've tried the char- So is the charred, you just throw them on the grill? or how yeah, do you- well, you can throw them on the yeah. In, like, still in the shell? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've done that. I mean, so, I don't know. For all you seafood listeners out there, this was probably about 10 years ago. So the area we go in Florida... It's actually they've they've been the oyster industry's kind of been hit hard, um, and a lot of it's been temperature changes, warming climate. Um, it it kind of wrecks havoc on some of these animals that rely on sort of sort of these sort of niche environments. And oysters are one. You can still farm them very successfully, but the whole natural oyster beds where you could go out and just hey, here's oysters as far as you can see across the, the bottom of the bay. You're not seeing that as much anymore. I would probably say the vast majority of the oysters that you eat in any restaurant are farmed anymore. But about 10, 15 years ago, you could go out and you could literally go rake them up yourselves. It looks like giant tongs with salad tongs. And you'd go out on an oyster boat, you'd rake them up, You'd do a fishing charter, you'd go fishing for half the day, and then you'd go oystering for half the day. But we would fill like a 50-gallon garbage pail with oysters. Seriously? Yeah, like yay big, or for all you you people, this big around, your full-size 50-gallon garbage can. You would fill one of those with oysters. You get on shore, you'd go hit the quick shop and get like five of the 20 pound 20 pound bags of ice and just dump all that ice on top and just let that ice melt you'd leave it out whatever wherever you were staying hope hopefully you had a grill so you'd park that garbage can next to the grill and just every day you'd put a couple 20 pound bags of ice on top of it just let it melt down in keep them darn near near freezing temps which would keep them alive and then you'd go out there every day lunchtime dinner whatever with a shucking knife pop them open get the grill going throw them on the grill grill them up top them with cheese or hot sauce whatever the hell you wanted and you would just sit there and sip beers and and eat oyster grilled oysters all day so when you say charred i'm saying you're going like 
Yeah, I've done that. And that was freaking awesome. Yeah, and they put <laughs> they put cheese on it and just a bunch. Yeah, it's, it's, so we would get like we would get like a couple jars of like horseradish, uh, couple kinds of hot sauce that you like. Find a couple different kinds of cheese you like, and we would sit that down there and just kind of experiment, mixing stuff up, some different spice mixes. But we would just grill them up sit there and eat them while we're sipping beers just bs and getting sunburned like all hell god it was awesome yeah that sounds awesome but we were you'd you'd burn through i mean probably in a week you'd burn i mean it'd take you a week to burn through that 50 gallon can of garbage (laughs) can of oysters but oh my god we the mercury levels in my body from like a couple of those trips alone it's got to be brutal but God, they were delicious. So, uh, but Connor Orr is going to be a uh, a guest speaker uh, at the sports law panel with Dan Lust. It's going to be hosted by Orr, Horgan, and Fuente, November eighteenth uh, at twelve thirty at the UNL Law School down in Lincoln. Uh, Kyle Flinty is going to be talking. Connor Orr is going to be talking. Tom Horgan is going to be talking. Uh, so th- basically, the entire law firm is going to be talking. Which uh, honestly, that would be a cool thing. To yeah. Do. If you're interested at all yeah. in this, that's big time. Yeah, that, that, that's Dan, a good deal. Dan's a great guy. I mean, so Dan's. You know Dan Lust? Well, he follows us, and we follow him on Twitter. Well, you follow him. I. I, the only time I post on your Twitter account is okay. So Dan is to let everybody Dan, know the podcast Dan is, is a guy. So Dan is a, Dan's a lawyer. He's just, I'm going to call him a, a sports lawyer. So kind of in the same vein as what Connor does. Yeah. Um. So Dan was one of the guys who started following during COVID when the Big Ten shut down, um, shut down football. Uh. When the Nebraska, when Nebraska was kind of the team, when you looked at the par- the players and the parent groups, who really kind of spearheaded the opposition, the, the and kind of the legal opposition to the Big Ten, Dan was one of the guys on a national level who started following this, reporting on it from a legal standpoint, and in doing so, ended up becoming this big Husker fan. Because Nebraska was the team that really kind of spearheaded okay. that. So from a legal standpoint, if you wanted to be kind of at the forefront of that fight between players, parents, individual teams within the Big Ten Conference against the Big Ten Conference, Dan was the guy that really kind of followed that and from a legal standpoint covered that from a lawyer perspective so it'll he's a good guy to have in this but huge ended up becoming a huge husker fan and i gotta double check i think he's uh i think he's not he's not in nebraska I no he, he's not I, I do know that but maybe yeah, you know he, what maybe he, we can get dan on i think he actually might be a massachusetts guy maybe we can get dan on with I connor thought, yeah, you know I thought, I thought dan was a boston guy maybe maybe we can get him on uh that, that symposium or that that uh that uh no but you've got the some guys i mean when you look at guys like that it's that's going to be a great group and connor is a guy that Boy, I mean, you talk about a guy who has really immersed himself in the emerge. And keep in mind, NIL's what yeah. two years in? Yeah, I mean, this coming, year and a half, really. Yeah, it's a year and a half. This coming summer, so like summer of twenty three is going to basically be two years. So it's still incredibly emerging 
Connor's one of these guys that has just immersed himself in that, and that you're going to find few guys that, for as new a subject matter as this is within the legal world, knows as much about it as Connor Orr. And uh, for more on Connor Orr and Orr, Horgan, and Fuente, go to ohflaw.com. That's ohflaw.com. Uh, you've had an off week, but guess what? The holiday's right around the, uh, right around the corner, so make sure to go to Husker Hounds. Two locations in the Omaha area. Scotty Strunk is just, he's one of the nicest damn human beings you'll you'll ever find. In I the love whole Scott. So do I, I. Just, I just dropped off. I was, uh, we're redoing our basement. So I was going through stuff. I found a 1994 commemorative Wheaties box. You know, it's funny. I kept all my, I, I had a Kale Sanderson Wheaties box. I had a 94 Wheaties box. Do you have a, do you still have no, that? No, because Owen and my wife threw it away. Oh. They're like, why the fuck would you want this stuff, Dad? Okay. This is stupid, Dad. Why do you keep this shit, Dad? Do you under- okay. I tried As to tell him. As a wrestling fan, do you have any fucking clue how cool no, Kale Sanders is? No. Always like, just throw the shit out. Just go. Just go. Uh, My wife's like, it's it's 20-year-old hey, Wheaties. Owen, I love you and I hate you at the same time right now. <laughs> Like we're gonna lose our YouTube feed right now. Oh, it's gonna be, oh, it's gonna be like, sorry, Dave, fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a Kale Sanderson. Oh, that pains me. That's like I would trade my night. So you would I trade had, what? I what had, would you trade? Well, no, I had two of these '94 Nebraska national title Wheaties boxes. Oh, I thought you were gonna trade me a ring. I would get if you're gonna trade yeah, a ring. No. no. No, that ain't happen. Yeah, I, I want some. I want some remembrance of what we did once. No, I would. I would. I would rather have the Kale Sanderson Wheaties box than a '94. My wife. It, my wife is like, why are we keeping these Wheaties boxes? And I'm like, because it's well. So I've got Kale Sanderson. So we. I had a couple of things that I would. Well, I got this handful of things that I consumer consider. Like disposable consumable goods. Yeah. So it was these two Wheaties boxes. So I kept one. And so I called up Scotty and I was like, Do you want this other Wheaties box? It's a 94 national title one. So I drop it off at, at, at his main location there on 84th and Center. He texts me and he's like, My daughter wants to try them. And I'm like, That's 28 year old Wheaties. <laughs> Which it's one of those things. It's not like it would hurt you. Breakfast I mean, of champions, buddy. I mean, unless you open it up, I mean, it's hermetically sealed from the damn factory. So, um, unless unless there was some kind of a bacteria or b fungus or mold that's gotten in there, but if you shake it, it sounds very solid. So I'm thinking, still crisp. Nothing's gotten in there to break this shit down. <laughs> But it's this is literally three decade old Wheaties, and I I do kind of sit around and wonder like, what would that shit taste like? So has, has you bring up a good, has Wheaties lost its its place? In, I mean, growing up, it was Bruce Jenner, it was the Breakfast of Champions. Oh my God, do you have any idea how many how much Wheaties I ate? I know. Bed? I mean, I, but now well because and I was also one of these kids, so my mom. Zero sugar cereals. Oh, I'm sorry. So we would do like, so you know, the, do you remember the I, little I, mini dude, boxes? Dude, I was raised on Cocoa Pebbles and Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, so right? remember the multi-pack mini boxes. Yeah, oh, yeah. So my mom would get those when we went on vacation. Okay. And so we got to experience sugar cereals 
like one week a year. Fruit Loops. All like all of it was the multi pack. Fruit Loops, Raisin Bran, Apple Jacks, Crunch, Captain Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, <laughs> you, Lucky Charms. You had all of them. So we would like it was we had one week a year. We would go to a lake. Breakfast every day would be would be th- those, and it was like oh my god, it was it was heaven, dude. So we would so otherwise it was Wheaties. Shredded wheat and not the frosted mini wheats. It was the true shredded wheat. Rice Krispies, corn flakes. Um, name another c- cereal that's not made of sugar. Raisin Bran. We did the Raisin Bran. Um, grape nuts. A lot of grape nuts. But you I know what I did with grape nuts? Like grape I would nuts. take like a large teaspoon and just so, dump sugar okay, all over now it. Now, here's the thing that still to this day, I'm still like, really, mom? What the fuck? Here's the sugar bowl, kids. <laughs> so we would like take yes. all of these. We would take our cornflakes, our shredded wheat biscuit, the big biscuit, the, 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 your grape nuts. Whatever, <laughs> like heaping spoonful after heaping spoonful uh, of sugar on top, that was fine. But we but can't. God, it can't be processed sugar. Fucking God forbid, General Mills add that sugar themselves. You were gonna touch that. So I remember one time we're at my grandfather's house, Burlington, Iowa. And he gets oh. out. He gets out the milk. He gets out the cereal. And I mean, it's sure enough. It's it's like cornflakes. And my bro, my brothers and I, it's like we're pouring our bowls of cornflakes. Pour the milk. Pop open the sugar bowl, and we're dumping sugar all over. <laughs> and keep in mind, this is like 1977, by the way. So you know the phrase, "Would you like some something with your something?" Yeah. So, my grandfather, so Wayne Johnson of Burlington, Iowa, longtime Drake hardware manager, looks at my brothers and I in the late 1970s. So this this phrase at least existed in the 1970s. He looks as he goes, he goes, would you guys like some cereal with your sugar? <laughs> I mean, we're just pouring sugar on there. Uh, and, I, and I was always just like, okay, in hindsight, why the hell not just buy the goddamn Captain Crunch? Uh, it, exactly. But it goes back to my original question. Is Wheaties even a big deal anymore? Because I'm like 90% we, sure no. Because we were convinced. Now, you were a much better athlete than I was, but I wasn't bad when I was younger and skinnier and 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 you know had had a little ability. I've seen photos. You you look you look like you'd play some ball. Okay, but we were convinced that Wheaties made us a better athlete. We were. Oh, so that I mean that was an era where like everybody and their fucking dog bought into advertising. It, it, true, but we saw Bruce Jenner win the decathlon. And we're like. Motherfucker eats his Wheaties, man. We're going to eat Wheaties. Okay. Still to this day, the, the greatest meme of all time. Have you seen the one where it's it's Bruce Jenner, Howard Cosell, and O.J. Simpson? 
sitting there. They got their ABC Sports jackets those, on. Those yellow ones, which, yeah. by the way, News Channel Nebraska. I don't know if anybody's seen those things, man. They are. I have because, <laughs> believe it or not, I do watch News Channel Nebraska. The they cover NAIA football. <laughs> okay. Fair. If you want, if you want, actually, if you want halfway decent NAIA football coverage in Nebraska, you got to watch News Channel Nebraska. Okay. No, but I mean, the, the yeah, it was. It's those yellow jackets, and, and you're right because I've watched several News Channel Nebraska at, during COVID covered a ton of high school football games. So if you wanted to watch high school football, you watched a lot of News Channel Nebraska. Yeah, it was the old school. It was like the old school ABC Wide World of Sports yellow jackets. The thrill of victory. The agony of defeat. Oh, God, I miss those days. Anyway, so, but the meme is it's Bruce Jenner, Howard Cosell, and O.J. Simpson. And the meme is is Howard Cosell saying, I have seen into the future, and you guys aren't going to believe this shit. I <laughs> 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 just think about it's like, you got O.J. beheading people. And anyway, so. And the Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner. So, yeah, that's what I. It, I can't tell you the last time I was in High Vee because I usually do most of my shopping at Costco now, so they don't sell the Wheaties at Costco. But I didn't know if I if I went through if I went through High Vee if I'd see the Wheaties. Them. I still see them. Who's I on mean, the Who's on the box of Wheaties? Shit, I don't know. I don't buy them. my my kids were. Uh, because they, they Rob, their, there like, was a time in 1978, 79, 80, we oh, yeah. knew who the box. I mean, it would change. You knew 100%, the percent. Yeah. Like you almost kind of wondered. Even then, you kind of wondered why you weren't saving the box. Yes. But, you know, I mean, my kids like Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. They liked Lucky Charms. Outside of that, it's kind of weird because my daughters have liked everything except cold cereal. Any any version of eggs that you can come up with, boiled eggs, fried eggs, omelets. My, my daughters loved eggs. Um, bagels, any any style of bagel, anything you could put on bagels. My daughters love that. My 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 two daughters liked everything except cold cereal. My son liked sugar cinnamon pop tarts and the uh, the apple cinnamon Kellogg's. Uh, what's the breakfast? What's Kellogg's breakfast bars called? Uh, I I don't I don't buy. It's it's, it's, it's sounds the, too healthy for me. Yeah, it's it's the it's Kellogg's cereal bars. So okay. he he likes Kellogg's cereal bars. He likes sh- cinnamon sugar pop tarts. Any other pop tart? No, cinnamon sugar really is good. Yeah, that's it. Hmm, that's interesting. He'll eat, eat them cold, or does he got to? Does he have to toast them? No, never toast them. Oh, which I'm one of those guys. What's wrong like, with your What's wrong with your son? Which I'm okay? one of those. Toast them, put them in a toaster oven. Hell, even microwave them for like 17 seconds. Pop tarts. I've never done that. Thing. I've never nuked them. No, you you the microwave thing. It's toasting them's better. Don't get me okay. wrong. Microwaving works weirdly well. Okay. Which is weird. That might be the only thing in the world that I like microwave because I'm one of these guys that we got leftover pizza. How do you eat leftover pizza? Well, one of two ways. Okay. I will either eat it straight cold 
highly underrated. I would I'm agree. Or my wife has convinced me this because she doesn't like the nuke stuff. And I, when I say nuke, that's microwave. She will get a frying pan out and will reheat it up on the oven, on the stove. Do you know why she does that? Uh, no. Because she's smarter than us. <laughs> No, so I mean, I'm a pizza, I'm a I'm a reheated leftover pizza snob. She fe- she feels I that microwave not, makes it sno- makes it soggy. Hundred percent, she is correct. I will not microwave pizza. You got leftover pizza. I'm an oven guy. Okay, so I'll turn on the oven to three seventy five. Give it ten minutes, and then I put it on a rack. I'll put tin sheet of tin foil on the bottom of the oven to catch anything that okay. melts and drips off. But if you're gonna reheat pizza. Fucking do it right with like cast iron pan, something like that. Put it back in the oven. The oven thing's key because it, it like it recrisps the crust. The cheese gets nice and melty, and you take it out and eat it. And I guarantee you, it's better than fresh. Okay, so how do you do your bacon? Because she's been doing the bacon a lot in the oven. So I do it in the oven. Okay. So yeah, baking sheet like a big cookie pan. Yeah. Tin foil, lay everything out nice and flat, put it in the oven. And there's and there's kind of a here's the other thing. With the bacon, there's an all or nothing with this. You gotta go like low and slow from the get-go, like no joke. 255 degrees for an hour and a half. With the bacon? With bacon. Oh, she goes like 400 and it's done and or you go 375 or higher. For about 15 minutes. You can't do anything in between. You do anything in between those two, it's going to turn to rubber. Which I got to be honest with you. The 255, so like what I'll do on a, on a normal weekend, I'll try yeah. to get up around 5 a.m., throw the bacon in the oven, and at like 6, 6.30, take it out. This is- And there's like zero burn at all. Because it's 255 degrees, and it's super crispy. Like, I mean, it's, oh, dude. Like, I'm like, I want to go kill some bacon right now. All right, come to me. Come to me. Because this really does sound like a perfect YouTube video. I, I should show up at Rob's house at like five o'clock some morning and he can well, teach us all can, how to if, he can teach us all how to do bacon. I know my bacon. <laughs> dude, when it comes to swine, like okay, do you remember pulp fiction? Yeah. Okay, remember when they're having the foot rub, the foot? Yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't remember Julius's line, but he's like, it's like, I'm a goddamn foot massage master. <laughs> he had some line like that. That's me and pork. I know my pork. You know, you, you okay. I, would, I You know, it's funny because I was at Costco the other day and they had like just a big old slab of pork belly. And I was like, oh, I should Ooh, just buy this yeah. and cut my own bacon. So pork belly is different than bacon. Yeah, though. but if you cut it in slices, it's going to look a lot like bacon. It's going to, it's going to look like bacon. It's not bacon. It's pork belly. What's the difference? You don't know your swine, dude. And I, I don't know my pig as well as you do. It's funny. I remember uh, there was I was watching Food Network. This is when Food Network had good shows and not contests. But they they had this. <laughs> They were doing a barbecue show, and the guy was some hole-in-the-wall barbecue guy in the South, and he had this, he was talking about how when he's smoking, he wants some high-fat pork 
con like so, something some kind of pork with a high fat content on the upper rack so it drips down on whatever else he's smoking, whether Ooh. it's brisket, ribs. I mean, he'll put a pork butt in there and do it this way. Um, and so uh, the, whoever the host of the show was was talking to him, and he was like, okay, so, I mean, you say like a high-fat fat pork. Like, like, do you use pork belly? What do you use? And the guy goes, no, 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 no. He goes, pork belly's too lean. <laughs> I use fat back, <laughs> so I need to get the fat back. You got to get the fat. Can back. I get? Can I get a big old thing of fat back somewhere? I think if you go to Fairway in Omaha, they'll get you okay. some fat. I, they, I did. They'll they get you fat back. People are probably wondering. Are you guys ever going to talk about sports? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but it Should was interesting because I, you know I didn't know how to take this because and I respect the man tremendously. Terry Pettit is one of the smartest men ever to be around. He may not know this, but we used to joke that his nickname amongst the media members was Socrates because he was so... He is smart. He's so smart and he's so philosophical, but everybody Ah. called... Every time he sat down at a press conference, you felt that he tried to be smarter than you. You know, like you would ask a question. He wasn't trying, he just was. He he was, and so we just called him Socrates because he was philosophical that way. I respect him. He put a tweet out the other day after the Purdue game that, and I'm paraphrasing here, I don't have it with me, but he was saying, hey, I really don't want to see guys put out letter grades for somebody else as long as the guys played hard and whatever, you know. Now, and I didn't know if that was a shot at you, if it was a shot at Sam McEwen, or who who was a shot at? I don't know if it was a shot at anybody, but I think he was trying to comment on the fact that when he's looking at a fellow coach like Mickey... That he has seen something that you haven't seen in Nebraska in a while. And that was a team that was willing to fight to the very end. Now, I agree with him in that regard. I disagree it, with him because the report card that you put out, let's be honest, we never, the, the report card really was organic. For, I know report cards aren't something, or they're nothing new in, in, in the media world. I think it was after the first game, I said, hey, Rob, let's do a report card just to see. What happens? It's turned into one of the most anticipated things on your Twitter feed. Would you agree with that? I'd say yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't think we, I don't think you take yourself too serious. What I think the, your report card does is start conversation about what happened in the game and you respond I, I with courtesy. Prob- I will probably say if you, like the, the thing with the report card for me is is that if you want to have a little bit of a Twitter interaction, the report card's the way to do it. Yes. Because I will, that's the one thing that I will 100% try to do my best to interact with most fans on. Yes. And that's why I look at the report card and go, okay, if you take the report card literal, you're fucking stupid. Well, I mean... No, what I mean Taking is literal is fine. I guess, I guess my take is is just understand that I've got a. I may I may have a different grading system than you. Yes. Do. Um. And I mean, but it's a conversation starter. Yes. That's all it is. That. And it's and it's one of those things where, 
I, I am completely open to suggestion on this. And there was actually a few people who pointed out a couple of things where, in hindsight, I went back and was like, okay, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. Here. And, and let's be honest. Rob was uh, Rob was drunk in Florida when he was watching yeah, the Nebraska I was, game. I was, I was pounding Oyster City Brewing Company yeah. beers in the stands at the Florida State-Clemson game, which, by the way, Guess how many alcohol-related incidents we saw inside that stadium? Zero. Goose egg. Goose egg. Which is exactly what you'll see in any place that, well, I don't know. There's a lot of NFL stadiums where people post fights all the time. but That's Buffalo and Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, Chiefs and, 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 Chiefs and, and, and Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. And, Those but, four <laughs> teams, do. Uh, uh, you're going to see fights all the time. Um, you know, the thing about the report card is, and it's like, there's a handful of it. It's, it's an interesting topic because there's a lot of multiple different discussions here going on with coach Pettit's tweet. And so on one hand, I really, really like the fact that he put it out there because he was trying to say, Hey, I like what Mickey's doing in Lincoln you got a coach who for the first time in years, at least half a dozen years, through the Riley and Frost era, has got a team with their backs against the wall. They're getting their, I mean, I hate saying it, they're kind of getting their ass kicked. And staying in at the same time. And they're still staying in the game because they're sitting here and finally thinking, hey, if we keep fighting, we can win this. And I respect that, and that means a huge amount because that's something when you look at some of these Nebraska volleyball teams that Pettit coached, that John Cook have coached, that's one thing you see. You don't see teams folding ever. I don't know if I've ever seen a Terry Pettit or a John Cook team fold. I have seen Nebraska football teams fold over the last 20 years. Those guys, the, the the people they coached didn't fold. And so I think Coach Pettit's looking at Nebraska this year and going, this is different. These guys didn't fold, and I agree with that. Now, the grading thing is kind of something in and of itself that is probably far more suited to football than almost any other sport out there especially in this day and age where you have the true platoons. We've got a true offense that's separate from the defense. That's to a degree separate from the special teams. So you can break it apart. These, they, they do operate in silos a little bit here. Volleyball doesn't. Yeah. The same players that are playing offensively in volleyball are the exact same players that are playing defensively other than maybe the libero, who's a defensive specialist, but even the libero, when they've got the ball on their side of the net, they're playing offense. They may defer to somebody else. They may let somebody else take the ball, but if it comes to them, they're going to play offensively. That's not football. It's not like your middle linebacker, other than a turnover, your middle linebacker, your free safety is not going to be an offensive player. Now, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, yeah, but that's not the case now. 
you can separate these guys out and you can give them a different grade. You can have a 2010 Nebraska where the defense is absolutely amazing and has NFL guys on it, and the offense is, is like Iowa in, in, in 2022 where it's this historically bad offense. I mean, Iowa right now is a team that's just absolutely primed for grading. Week in and week out, you can look at the defense Absolutely. and talk about how amazingly good this defense is, how solid special teams are playing, and how it's getting completely wasted on this horrific offense. I agree 100%. And, but the, football sets itself up for that. It is like that because you've got these separate units that truly don't and I made this comment in response to, to to Coach Pettit's tweet that good coaches will bring those units together and they'll interact to a to a fairly high degree with a huge amount of support for each other, but you're not going to see them on the field performing with each other. the 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 on field performance happens a little bit in a vacuum. Well, it's. Yeah, I think the difference is, and maybe why I took it personal, even though it wasn't on my Twitter well, that's account. Because you're an Iowa. No, you take here, here's what it is. I though. think you do a really good job, Rob, of of interacting and and having civil conversations, deep thought out conversations with people about football on your Twitter page. Well, that's because I, I, I don't ta- know if I don't know. I don't if, take jack shit personal. No, no, and. And I get that, but I don't know if I don't know if Sam McEwen turns around and does interacts with, with 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 readers. You do a good job, and that's why I'm like Rob's Rob's report card is is out there to start conversation, engage listeners, and then start a well, conversation about the game. If you completely disagree with me, fucking a, that's awesome. Yes, that, I like that why. better. I like I like that even better. Yeah, because, let me know why you do. I mean, it, it, like the whole thing, like our bum t-shirts yes. here, where the guy was like, our guy, our our, our man was like, he's like. Yeah, you didn't even watch the game. You just looked at the score. You guys are bums. I'm like, come on. It's like, yeah, I did watch the game, and here's why I gave him the grade I did. So, I mean, and I here's the thing, though. I really appreciate uh, Coach Pettit, which, by the way, for anybody listening, if you want an absolute master class in teaching leadership, which is what Coach Pettit does now, go follow him on Twitter. He's a great Twitter follow. Absolutely is. Yeah, so, I, I, um, again, I, I, have the, I, I have appreci- the utmost respect for him. I, yeah. I just disagree with him here. And I did too. I, I do disagree with him. Um, doesn't mean I don't like him and doesn't mean I'm not going to be able to say like, well, here's why I disagree with you. You know, I got A, B, C, and D. Here's my reasons. Um but I'm not going to sit there and be like, yeah, Coach Pettit's a bum. Screw that guy. No. Yeah. It's like I disagree with him, but here you go. But again, I'm going to also tell people, hey, if you if you want a master class on leadership, follow Terry Pettit on Twitter. Were you surprised the USA Today won its lawsuit, or not lawsuit, I guess, uh, you know, they, Trev had to come out and say what the the metrics were for Scott. Were you surprised six wins was it? I or that they won the lawsuit, or that no, six that six wins, wins was, was the was the was the measuring stick. No, not at all. Really? 
Yeah. Why? The bar had to be low. I mean, I, I think Trev came in and saw Trev that. knew he was going to fire him anyway. Trev knew this was going to happen. I, I think you were right. Um, I think Scott knew it. I mean, it's it sort of, I, I think there was a little bit of a change in Frost's demeanor when Trev came on board because all of a sudden it was one of those, this guy didn't hire me. And I mean, he's going to kind of hold my feet to the fire here a little. No, bit. well, everybody's gone now. But yeah. Jared Lambrick's gone. Matt Davison's gone. Yeah. Scott Frost is gone. Everybody associated with those guys, pretty much gone. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, I know a, f- a few people who know Trev better than I do. And they said one of the things that, that you heard kind of behind the scenes was the fact that Trev took a look around and was like, there's 350 people in this administration. And I don't know what 300 of them do. I mean, that's telling. It's very telling. So it's, I'm not surprised by where you see a number of these people gone, but I mean, if Scott Frost was winning 11 games a year, then those people are part of a machine that's churning out success. When Scott's winning three to four games a year, they're part of a machine that's churning out failure. Did you find it interesting that Scott wanted it in writing and Fred Hoiberg didn't? No, I I, I think a lot's being made out of that point. Well, and I, I, hey, I just think Fred's like, I got a lot of money anyway. It doesn't really matter. I know I yeah. got to win, so I'll do what I can do. Exactly. <laughs> and I, and I mean, it, so a lot of people have made a lot out of this in the trust standpoint. Um, Fred's got a lot of money, folks. So, yeah. It, it, well, any more Scott does, too. But, I yeah. mean, Fred's been doing this for longer than Scott's been doing this. Yes. At, at the multi-million dollar level. So, yeah, I, I, think from, I, I think Fred's standpoint is, yeah, the money is remotely not as big a thing for him as it is for Scott. And I think for Scott, it's one of those, all right, let's put this in writing. Let's make sure we got this down because whichever side of those parameters I fall on, I want to make sure I'm taken care of. And I and I understand that. I don't have a problem with that. No. And I think that's that that's smart on Scott's part. I, I know some people were trying to make a little bit out of this in the sense of, well, there was this lack of trust between Scott and Trev. And that, sh- that that shows either unfavorably on one versus the other, and I don't think so. I mean, I think I thought it was a smart move by by Scott. I think the dynamics between Scott and Trev, and between Fred and Trev, it's it, man, it's different. It's by the way, different no AD wants their coaches to fail. No, they want these guys to yes. do well. You don't want to fire somebody. You don't uh-uh. want to pay somebody fifteen million bucks no. just to go away. You want somebody to be successful. Hundred percent. And I think Trev would have loved to have seen Scott succeed in Lincoln. I think well, everybody would have loved to have seen Scott succeed in yeah. Lincoln. So I, I mean it's I feel bad about the fact that not that it went bad, but that it went as bad as it did. That's the thing that really kind of sucks about this all. You know, we could have another hour conversation because, you know, a lot of the fan base, if you if you pay attention to social, wants, to, wants Mickey Joseph to be the head coach. I don't think he's going to be the head coach. He's going to have to get to six wins. He's going to have to. I think minimum six, but, I mean, again, the whole dynamic there 
I mean, I mean, I'm trying to look at this from a distance. And as a former player, especially a guy who played with Mickey, it's hard to pull yourself back and look at this from a distance. But I mean, I pull myself back and I look at this and I'm like, you know, when has a guy like Mickey, who's been an interim coach, I mean, there's a lot of experience there. I mean, I, I truly think, I mean, if I was Mickey, I'd want to go be an O coordinator for a few more years here. I'd want to be a passing game coordinator for a few more years here. I don't know if I'd want to have go from being a wide receivers coach at LSU to literally a, I mean, a, like a fourth of a season as the passing game coordinator. Now I'm the interim head coach. Now I'm going to be the head coach for however long. I'm not sure I want that. I mean, if you look at the the potential for growth there, and I look at Mickey, and I, I mean, if I'm him, I'm sitting here going, I'd like a little more time as kind of a passing game coordinator, as an O coordinator. And this was a great experience. This was amazing. Love Lincoln. I, I mean, I, I think Mickey's, I, I don't know. I think the best thing for any coach in this situation would be kind of like Luke Fickle. Yeah. I think that was a great model. Like, I mean, somebody else comes in as the head coach, keeps Mickey on as for recruiting and and as the And then he goes to be a like, head coach somewhere else. It's like the O coordinator. And maybe go someplace else for a while. I mean, the whole alma mater thing, it's either this it's gonna be the greatest thing ever, or it's gonna be kind of so so. I mean, I look at like guys like Rich Rodriguez, I look at Shiano and I'm like the fact that those guys ever left West Virginia and Rutgers the first time, um, God, those were bad moves. Hindsight's twenty twenty. No, and I get it, but you know, you know, hold on. You can say hindsight's twenty twenty. I remember watching West Virginia under Rich Rodriguez, thinking to myself, like holy shit, this guy's getting mentioned for Big Ten jobs, for NFL jobs. I remember thinking, God, if Rich Rodriguez is smart, he never leaves. I think I think Virginia. people see it, but you know what you think of? You think of the payday. You're like, because you're thinking, oh, there's a lifestyle change between $2 million a year and $5 million a year at that time. That's a, that's a lifestyle change. I don't know. I mean, it's I, a lifestyle change. So I operated in the world of medicine, where I remember one of the docs I worked under. He's he said to really see a big for, for your hundred thousand a year people. He said to see a lifestyle change, you kind of needed about two hundred grand to enact that lifestyle change. Right. Okay. If you're making $2 million a year, you think your lifestyle, because $2 million a year is already, you got a boat, and it's a nice boat. You got a lake house, and it's the nice lake house. About the only step up above that is your ability to win a national championship. Well, I was going to say on lifestyle. Okay. About the only step up from there is to get to that 
is to get to that true mega rich. Right? I call it, that's private plane level. Yeah. Where you own your own plane and you got a pilot, you've got a place to store it, maintenance, all of that stuff. Private plane, if, if you've got a couple of million, that next level, it's, it's, that's a big jump. But again, man, I, it's, it's, it's one of those, I don't think your lifestyle truly changes that much. And that's why I look at like, I looked at Shiano, I looked at Rodriguez and I'm like, God, if these dudes are smart, they never leave here. I look at Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Actually, that one's a little bit of a, I think that one's an outlier just because I think in terms of recruiting and NIL transfer portal, I think things get difficult at a school like Northwestern. They're getting a new stadium. They got the best in, they got the best practice facility in the Big Ten. Yeah, they're th- those facilities right now are nice. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, are you, but the thing is, but the facility game's over. It's all I mean, about NIL now. It is. And are you going to get NIL money for Northwestern? Are you going to get four or five star guys at Northwestern? And the fact is, you're not. Yeah. And I think that job becomes increasingly difficult, more so than it, what it than, than what it has been. And I think Fitzgerald, he's already been going above and beyond there than anybody else could. What I heard Doctor Rob saying is. Uh, when it comes to lifestyle change, uh, he's got the private plane. That's that's what he's got. I don't have a private plane. All right. If you have any questions for Dr. Rob, it's doctalksports at gmail.com. That's doctalksports at gmail.com. This is going to be a quick turnaround. You're going to be back on Sunday because we're going to do a, uh, uh, a doc's diagnosis presented by Central Federal Credit Union. We'll look at the fighting Illini of, uh, of Illinois. Um, uh, also, we'll we'll take a look at uh, Nebraska's game with Illinois, which is it's gonna be an interesting one. Illinois's got a really good defense, really good running game. God, Brett, their run game's good. Brett Bielema has got that team playing really, really, really well. They uh, lost to Illinois, or I'm sorry, they lost to Indiana. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we got a one. We beat Indiana. So there you go. Hey, listen, I, I'm not. I'll be the first to say it. Every one of these games, with the exception of Michigan, is winnable for Nebraska. I was shocked that Nebraska only lost by a score to Purdue. Trey Palmer. He's a player. He really is. He's an NFL player. He's this year's Samari Torre. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that's coming up. If you have any questions, again, at gmail.com. Thank you to uh, Connor Orr and Orr. Horgan and Flinte, the law firm. Check them out at ohflaw.com. Thank you to Scott Strunk over at Husker Hounds. Uh, if you need your Husker gear, visit one of the two locations in the Omaha area or huskerhounds.com. And uh, tickets for less, brand new to the Husker Doc Talk podcast. Uh, go to ticketsforless.com. And of course, our good friends at Betfred Sports. Uh, download the app now on the Apple and Google Play stores. Your first bet when you set up a brand new account is free. Get a $20 free bet using the promo code DOCTALK. For Dr. Rob Zadiska, I'm Travis Justice. We will talk to you uh, Sunday on the Doc Talk podcast presented by Betfred Sports. Betfred Sports.